Welcome, everybody. This is episode seven, or as you might know it, the first episode you're listening to. It really depends on when you came in, but we've been doing this for a while now, so thanks for joining us. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. My name is Justin Lamb, and I am hosting as per usual. This week, I brought in uh, executive chef and friend Aaron also known as Gomer. We will discuss that nickname later. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. But Aaron's joining me today. We're going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff, including uh, Magic the Gathering, which if you're two hot guys like us, you clearly played Magic cards when you were a kid uh, with all the other hot guys and girls. Girls loved guys that played Magic Oh, it was cards. big. Yeah, that's why it started. <laughs> Pick up chicks. Yeah, chick magnet game. <laughs> Fantastic. And then uh, Aaron's going to tell us some of the beer pairings for some fall beers that you're going to see out. Um, specifically, Bell's Best Brown. Uh, you'll see that as a fall beer. Any pumpkin ale, really. There's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, I hate most of it, but there's a couple great ones I think are, are really good if you're a beer fan and you don't want to get like a summer shandy in the fall type vibe. And then uh, Fresh Hop IPAs, which is a super hoppy IPA we talked about in the last episode. So if you missed that, it's a great time to catch up. But uh, yeah, that's I mean that's that's the that's what we're doing today. Yeah, and as you mentioned in a previous podcast, uh, Gomer is <laughs> my moniker from the '90s. That's true. I'd I, like to explain. Yeah, that I don't. Name. I don't know the story. So I oh I met Aaron as Gomer in high school, and I don't. I honestly don't know where it came from. Well, because here, like when you think of Gomer, you think of Gomer Pyle, right, from Full Metal Jacket. Okay, yeah, that's what I think for of. sure. Like a big kind of. <laughs> dumpy sort of which is the opposite of what you are i mean i'm tall uh that's fair i guess i i hope i'm not described as dumpy i might not be as bright as others sometimes but it actually so um uh rick anderson who was one of the heads of our little magic the gathering crew actually okay. back then. he's the one who taught me about magic the gathering oh. uh his shout name by the rick. way yeah shout out to rick his name by the way was cosmic dick <laughs> Which is way better. Uh, Oddly so, enough, he hasn't had sex since that nickname. It's very sad. It's very so my last name is Kozad. Yeah. And him and the crew like to call me Gonad. Nice. And they and they felt... Uh, You're teenagers, folks. Yeah, they, they felt self-conscious saying Gonad around my parents and their parents. So they switched to Gomer. Um, and we all did love Full Metal Jacket at the time. So the Gomer it was just out. in the zeitgeist of our group. And so... so Gonad switched to Gomer, and then I was stuck with Gomer. And actually, there's still certain people who call me Gomer. Oh, that's a history lesson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I, I almost struggle to call you Aaron. It's fine. I'm you can call me Gomer. No use that. But for the I, purposes of this podcast, I'll be Gomer. Well, because I was, uh, in, I mean, easily relatable to my last name, but my nickname was Lammy. And then it got to the point where I was signing papers in high school that way. And I had teachers that just didn't know my fucking name. So you know how, like, in their attendance book, the first day they scribbled out, they're like, oh, they pronounce it this way? Yeah. People did that and wrote Lammy because that was just my fucking name for, like, two years. And, yeah, I don't think they actually knew my name at the end of the year. That's very Bra Brad is Brad is still Bradle, Bradle. Big to me. I don't know how many people call him that. But because... Of, a substitute teacher was looking at the list and it was Bradley and somehow the Y got like trimmed off. <laughs> so she read it out loud as Bradle and everybody thought it was hilarious. So That's he's Bradle. That's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you need a different name. Me? Everybody. Oh, every, yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your yeah. given name is something and then your friends identify you as yeah. a new thing. It's kind of like joining a cult. <laughs> you get a new name. 
I was you know, I have a problem with with never calling people by their actual name. Like most jobs I have, if you're if you have a name that I can put the first letter of your first name in front of your last name, you're fucked because that's just what I'm going to call you. Like if your name is like, uh, I have a shitty. No, I don't have a good example. Okay, if your name's like Kevin Roth, I'm going to call you Croth. Like that's just how that. Or K Roth. K Roth would be even better. K Roth sounds like a probably slip. It's like a rapper. Yeah. That's cooler. Some white fat guy that I worked with at Best Buy. I'm going to call him K Roth. Perfect. You don't have to out him no, as fat. That's not. It, he's not a real person. Oh, okay. <laughs> I made it all up. Now the cold night goes by, and I'm thinking of you. Thinking about the wasted time we should be moving on. When I came to see you that night, I knew. From the look in your eyes, I could tell you already. Chad was very confused when I was saying that because that's just how I refer to you. And he's like, who? Who are you talking about? And he's like, oh, the guy that showed me my first porno. Yeah. You guys, uh, I don't know how I'm going to edit this, so I will say this. If you don't know what I'm talking about, keep listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good story. So traditionally, we start out with the beer. So I'm going to let you know the beers I'm going to be drinking tonight. Bell's Best Brown Ale, like I mentioned. This is a... Oh, I wrote this down. Uh, Bell's Best Brown Ale, a smooth, toasty brown ale with hints of caramel and cocoa. The malt body has the depth to stand up to cool weather, I don't know if that's true, but does not come across as heavy. This balancing act is aided by the generous use of American hops. So that's Bell's description. I gotta be honest, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's super hoppy. I don't like the uh, the generous use of American hops description, because as a big IPA fan, I don't think it's a very hoppy beer. But it is a great fall beer. Um, I don't know if it stands up to cool weather, but it definitely reminds me of the, of the leaves and pumpkins and everything that happens around this time of year. And um, pumpkin ales, miscellaneous varieties. I chose Griffin Claws Screaming Pumpkin because it's kind of like a pumpkin pie and a beer. I had a baby and I'm drinking it, which sounds really pervy when I say it out loud. And then uh, a fresh hop IPA, which I got one from Dark Horse. It is a five hop, five hop harvest. IPA. There, I remembered it. And that is, uh, like I said, fresh hop, like we talked about in the last episode with North Peaks Hoodoo. Hops pulled right off the vine, put into the beer. So it gives you a really strong, hoppy aroma. And Aaron, you just did a, a founder's dinner, right? Where you paired yeah. a bunch of founder's beers? Yeah, we do quite a, quite a few beer dinners. And it's, um, it's pretty interesting, uh, the things you can play with in beer. There's a lot of different flavor profiles. I tend to look for um, the the things that stick out, uh, and then also um, so, so like for example, if it's got uh, chocolateiness, that's pretty easy. You know, yeah. you can you can get some coffee or some chocolate in your dish, or you can go to things that go well with coffee and chocolate. Like vanilla usually works pretty well. Do you typically end up putting stuff like stouts that will be like the chocolate things, like with desserts or coffee before? Or Not anything? necessarily. Like sometimes, um, if I got a stout. I might do, if I want to do it for uh, an entree, yeah. maybe you do like a coffee rubbed meat. I'd never right? rubbed coffee on a meat. Oh, you got to rub, you gotta rub coffee on meat. Well, you got to think about that carbon <laughs> that you get from charring a piece of steak. Yeah. That really nice kind of like bitter component that yeah. balances out the, the sweeter proteins. Yeah. Uh, similar thing from the coffee. Sometimes you put a little sugar in the coffee rub. 
Um, another thing I've done is like a mole sauce because yeah. that has chocolate in it. Oh, does but it? But it's a more savory application. See, Not always, but, but often, right? <laughs> so often, you like I did a blackberry mole sauce on the last dinner. Okay. Um, and another thing that's really good are the like the oak aged ales. Yeah. You can get a lot of like similar pairings that you can with wine. Yeah. Uh, with the the nuttiness and the chocolatiness and the vanilla that you always get from oak. Yeah. The, um, uh, the amount of like barrel aged beers out right now is astounding. And yeah, and most I, of them. I are think the last delicious. one we did was almost all barrel aged. Yeah, Founders is going like off the rails with barrel aged. Yeah, stuff. and then for dessert, I I try to pick a sweet beer because yeah. you you generally want some kind of the same with wine. You you don't want to go from a very sweet thing to something that's very dry. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different flavor. Uh, Profiles you can pick out. Citrus uh, usually works really well with hops because there are a lot of citrus notes in hops. It's like typically like a, like a fish or chicken with a citrus. Yeah, unless it's a very hoppy beer, right? So it just depends. Like I, I try to keep it a little bit uh, in the realm of the hoppier it gets, the stronger you want the flavors yeah. of the dish to be. So you don't want to do anything too light. Um, so a fish or something might be like a like a citrus hops, like a light. Okay. Uh, so what would you recommend, like the the fresh hop, which is, I mean, this is an IPA that's just bleeding hops. Like if you, this is the kind of one where you're like, oh, you'll love. That's the dark horse you were just talking about. Yeah, or uh, even uh, North Peaks Hoodoo. So what are the notes on the on the dark horse? Um, it's extremely bitter on like the IBU scale. You're looking like in the high 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. um, and then the like a lot of Midwestern. It's typically never western like california hops it's always michigan hops uh and there it's that is essentially all you taste it, it's overpowering uh, yeah both both in smell and taste or in those two relate together depending on what like what would you recommend for something that's really hoppy something like that i would usually you're going to want a little bit of sweetness in the dish to kind of clear some of the bitterness in between so some right. of the some of the the techniques we use one is called um bridging and that's when you use the alcohol that you're going to cook with in the process of making it. Um, another would be kind of counterbalancing flavors yeah. and profiles, or even um, like base, like sweet, sour, salty, bitter. Okay. Uh, another would be complementing those, and then because uh, you want to kind of um, tie it in together. But when you contrast it, it clears the palate in between. Also, for high alcohol, I tend to do fattier dishes because uh, that alcohol kind of clears that fat off your palate. So every time you get a bite, it's okay. a fresh bite. Um, but anything that's got a lot of hops, I'd want to do maybe like a really thick, like braise, like a braise short rib would be really nice because it can really hold up to it. I would eat the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And it's probably got higher alcohol. So you tend yeah, to do. You're looking at like eight to nine percent typically. Yeah. So maybe you serve it with like a really rich, like soft polenta. Okay. So that, that fattiness and richness is going to um, get cut by that alcohol <laughs> okay. every time you take a drink. When I imagine, oh, the other thing I always do is you always want to have a plan of attack when you taste. So you start with the lightest thing okay. and then go to the heaviest thing. Okay. And then that's going to prevent it from bleeding over as much. Like you don't want to have a super hoppy thing and then a light pilsner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not going to taste that. For the record, folks, you never want to have a light pilsner. <laughs> so let's be honest here. Um so thanksgiving's coming up there's i mean typically you got your your turkey or i don't know i feel like that's what i've learned recently i'm gonna branch off now (laughs) 
everyone's Thanksgiving table is like wildly different from everyone else's. You have like maybe your staples, your turkey, your mashed potatoes, your stuffing. Sweet potatoes. Yeah, so sweet potatoes. Creamy casserole. And then do you, so you call them sweet potatoes, not yams, right? Is there yeah, a difference? Yeah, there is a difference. Well, what is the difference? Oh, Settle man. Settle this debate. <laughs> so it's a, it's actually like a, I'm a, I don't know if you use this word right, uh, entomological difference? Of course it is. Isn't it? Um, yeah, so it's like uh, it has to do, I think, with where they're grown, um, uh, the starch content, probably the sugar content, um, everything we so they're, get. So they're literally two separate vegetables or root. Yeah, vegetables. they're just very similar. So everything we get is. The problem is I don't know which one it is. Everything we get is one of those. <laughs> I think everything we get is sweet potatoes. Okay. I think yams. I think you guys advertise them as sweet potatoes. So I, I always at do. At that point, you have to say. But sweet I, <laughs> yeah, right. I should, yeah, I should back that up. But no, I, I think uh, it's whatever it is in, in North America. Pretty much everything you're going to find is one thing. Okay. And I think the distinction is generally just a sales point. Yeah. Um, but there is actually a difference. I don't know enough on the scientific end of it, but it's more of a sciency difference. Okay. Uh, one one is going to be a little probably more starchy, less so, sweet. The table's filled with a bunch of comfort food, essentially. Yeah. Are you a ham person? Do you do ham on Thanksgiving? Not a huge ham. Okay. Because it's always, like, sort of warm. It has, <laughs> a, like, a little bit of glaze on the outside, and you're like, I wish there was more of this stuff, because that's what yeah. really tastes good, and I want that in there, so you just eat, like, the edges of the yeah, ham. You always never, grab, like, the cold, end pieces. But it's not, like, hot. It'd almost be better if it was one or the other. <laughs> it's, like, a lukewarm. I never thought about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not a huge ham person uh in general unless it's like sandwiches or some other application just to like sit and eat ham so when um, you get that pile of the pile of comfort food i mean if you think about it traditionally like you got your your glaze or i don't know how do you cook a turkey see this is the things i need to know i'm a man now damn it um let's just a turkey in general mashed potatoes sweet potatoes you got your stuffing some people do mac and cheese. I think mac and cheese is a little strange, but some people have been doing it for their whole life, so they think I'm a weirdo. Uh, what do you? What's what's the beer to drink on Thanksgiving? To cover everything? Yeah. Well, I think um, so. When you want to look at like the full range of what you're gonna get, you're gonna want to go a little bit middle of the road, okay. right? You don't want anything too hoppy. Something like a wheat. A wheat would probably be really good because you're gonna get you have some sweet things. You have some, like, you have, like, cranberry sauce yeah. and, and sweet potatoes. And then you have, like, some heavier things, but none of them are going to be, like, a really deep, rich flavor, right? So you have turkey is probably the heaviest thing on the plate. Maybe gravy and mashed potatoes. So, yeah, Depends I think... who makes the gravy. I think that middle-of-the-road beer, it could have a little hops, but I wouldn't do anything, like, you know, you don't want, like, a humalumpalicious. Yeah. You're not going to taste anything. You know what I realized? I did a... I did a show with, with my wife, actually, trying to convince her to drink beer. It didn't go well. <laughs> She's a wine lady. But uh, I, I had these, like, five beers, and they ranged in IBUs from, like, literally six to 96. And so I was like, we're going to go down each one. And then, no, uh, didn't sell her. But Humalupalicious was the 96. I, on the scale of 1 to 100, IBUs, it's 96. Yeah. And it's not even, like, a double IPA. No, it's crazy, it's though. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> very happy i mean that's higher than uh all the the wet hop ales or the fresh hop ales that i was talking about earlier that's it's just crazy i learned that i learned something guys but uh yeah so a wheat ale i mean there's plenty of great wheat ales out there especially this time of year they try to spice them up a little with 
Christmassy spices. Yeah, and even if you want a little bit of hops, I don't think that's bad either. Yeah. Because, I mean, then your sweet stuff is going to counteract the bitterness, right? You just don't want anything that's too crazy. because it, cause Stay away from extremes. The foods, well, <laughs> and you think about, like, Thanksgiving food, it's all very, nothing's very, at least traditionally, very spicy. Yeah, I know. Nothing's very, you know, it's all kind of just... I don't want to say bland, but it's not. There's not a huge <laughs> no, difference I, between. There's not a huge difference between stuffing and mashed potatoes and cheesy potatoes. Two, three, four. This is a clip from Chad from episode five talking about how Aaron, a.k.a. Gomer, showed him his first porno. So enjoy this. Well, I have uh, uh, Gomer's on the podcast in a few weeks and he's Oh, he showed me my first porn. (laughs) Can I please use that as a storyline when I talk to him on the podcast? I mean, I, I, you better. When when was this? This was so. I it was called. It was a camp called Campfire, and it was like a day camp kind of thing. It wasn't like a, st- a sleepaway camp. Um, but he was a counselor in training, and I was just a regular counselor. I think. I I know I went back the next year, and I knew I was a counselor in training. Anyway, CAT as the the uh, as they say on the inside, uh, and. So one day we were hanging out outside of camp and uh, we went to his house and him and his other friends who was another counselor in training. Great counselors, by the way, for like, you know, do you know who the other friend was? It's a guy named Richard. I think I didn't keep in touch with him, but I ended up going to you know high school with uh, Aaron or Gomer, as I guess you're, you're calling him. I called him that too. I think Gomer ended a long time ago. I just got to know, how old were you when Gomer showed you the, your first porn? That's a good question. That is a really good question. Okay, so so I, when I say porn, I mean movie. Yeah. And it was, I remember the name of it. I remember the name of it. It was called Immaculate Erection. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, they literally, they weren't putting it on just to put on porn. They were putting it on to show me as a kid like they're like i this will be hilarious like he's never seen a porn let's see his reaction you know they were doing it to shock me um <laughs> and oh god maybe 13 oh man I don't know. late bloomer <laughs> well i had seen i had seen magazines yeah you didn't have like, the advantage of having an older brother <laughs> yeah i didn't have an older brother uh and we didn't have the internet <laughs> What's this chat story? <laughs> I don't even remember being a counselor in training, but my so my childhood is very patchy. <laughs> I'm right there with you, yeah. um, and th- that I'm sure it's all true. 
<laughs> it sounds like something I would absolutely do. I like that he remembers the title. Yeah, like, Immaculate you know that Erection. Sticks with him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good title. It's very sacrilegious. Moment of inspiration before he does something like a job interview. He's like, Immaculate Erection. Kisses this guy. <laughs> ready to go. That's amazing. Yeah, he told me that. I was like, I got a real So, Magic the Gathering. If you don't know what it is, you were clearly not very cool in the mid-90s. Yeah, that's uh, what cool kids did. <laughs> it really is. Magic the Gathering is a card game. It was created in 1993 by a guy named Richard Garfield and sold to Wizards of the Coast, which is a company that I just I probably just goes to bed and rolls in money at this point. Uh, well... A bunch of people are in their Star sex. Wars sheets. <laughs> yes, absolutely Star Wars, <laughs> and probably like Empire specifically. Um, but it came out in the in the nineties, and they had they had quite a few sets. I mean, I, I made a list here that only goes to like ninety seven, but I think they they still make cards today. So there's it's still a game that people play. So there's probably like there could be eighteen year olds listening to this because you guys shouldn't listen if you're under eighteen because I say terrible things they, um, they've definitely never heard on the internet if they're under 18 that's yeah, terrible yeah um they made a bunch of expansion sets and everything i played this in I, I guess i picked it up in like the summer in 94 which would have been before sixth grade for me so summer after fifth grade yeah that sounds about right revised edition i went all the way back i mean well Did i don't you do like alpha and beta I was uh, Arabian Nights on... Oh, you were, yeah. Arabian Nights up to... I think Ice Age is the last one that I remember. I played played with Ice Age, and I think I bought a couple Homelands packs, which was uh, was fall of 95, but I, I... don't recall anything from it. I think when Homelands uh, came out, I had cut my hair, and girls had started to notice me. Yeah, that's the thing, right? When you start, when when you get attention <laughs> from girls, you're like, never mind, I'm not into this anymore. <laughs> There's this other kind of magic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in my pants, guys. <laughs> it's pretty magical. Uh, yeah, no, magic, magic was great. And here's what I want to ask you, because like, especially Arabian Nights, how did you find out about this game? And well, how, like, what was your nerd level at that point in your life? Because I found out because I was playing like Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of fucking kids. And yeah, that's, like kind of tied together. I see. I they um. So I started with Magic before D and D. Oh, um, you play D and D too? A little bit, guys. It's gonna be a long show. A little bit of D and D. I got um. I I got really into like I'm I'm the kind of person who would like see something like it get obsessed and buy everything that goes with it so like i as far as D &D goes like i got invited to a couple games i made a character i bought like the coolest different die i could buy and then i was like nah i like magic better i had a die set somewhere around here the thing i like so i got introduced by cosmic dick I saw your die over there. There's die right there. Oh yeah, see, I got a whole set. <laughs> um, so I, I got introduced by Cosmic Dick. He was my neighbor. He was into a lot of uh, things like that. Ladies dug like ham radios. <laughs> and, uh, 
uh, guns. He, he had me shoot guns for the first time, which wow. is not normally the yeah. progression that you would think. I didn't shoot a gun until I was 15, 14. Was it was a twenty-two that. rifle scared the shit in like my mom's boyfriend's cabin. Yeah. I shot a forty-five revolver, yeah. and I so thought you, I was going to pee myself. Yeah, I probably would still pee myself if I shot a forty-five <laughs> revolver, because a twenty-two rifle is like a fucking BB gun. But uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Cosmic Dick was like, you got to check this out. Uh, the game. <laughs> and uh he brought me up look what happened dude my <laughs> he, balls dropped <laughs> he he showed me he showed me at his house and um i think he had a, a black deck and a green deck and we, we started playing against each other and um i started realizing that there was a lot happening yeah like there's a there was kind of this basic like okay you you lay out this resource right of mana and you can spend that resource to do different things but i've always been into like creatures and uh, mythology and things made theme decks yeah like i would draw dragons and things so this was like oh i get to summon creatures they have great artwork shiv and dragon really cool stories (laughs) shiv and dragon that's a good one a lot of mana yeah uh (laughs) um and um so we started playing that and uh to me it, it almost um to me magic's almost like uh chess but you get to customize your pieces oh yeah that's that's like that's the most poetic way i've ever heard that described and it's pretty damn accurate and it really makes it seem a lot less nerdy because yeah. a lot of like <laughs> you know chess is a very well respected game but yeah. imagine if everyone got to customize every pawn on the board and yeah, make yeah. it do exactly what they wanted and then the other person could too and you can't really anticipate what they're gonna do yeah so he started bringing me to uh we went to card castle back in the day so okay i'm glad you brought that up yeah so I'm going to fill everybody in here. Me and Aaron were talking about this episode before doing it, and he said, oh, I got a great story about a guy that's uh, just like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Literally the comic book guy from The Simpsons. So you're talking about Kevin yeah. from Jerry's Card Castle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so We ca- know Kevin. Uh, I used to go there all the time. We probably went to tournaments in that basement at the same damn time with yeah. Dave Edens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, thing about the, so the thing about the tournaments is now there's like – you can win more cards or money to spend in the store, I think, probably. Yeah. Um, and then you had this kind of like little community around it. And yeah. then you had like a group of people who were all like people would build decks to beat specific people's decks. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd have, you know, you could kind of customize it as you went with your sideboard and things. But there, there became this bigger strategy to it as well as this hangout component. And for a while, I mean, we would go after school like every day to Card Castle and just end up hanging out and playing Magic in the Basement when it wasn't a tournament. Yeah. And like... Kevin would always send us to Greg's to buy breadsticks for him and bring them down. So Kevin was this Kevin was this gigantic man with a. I remember him having like a bit of a mullet. He had a ponytail. <laughs> it might have been a pony mullet, but I, the reason I, I remember it because he specifically looked like comic book guy. He was kind of like you know overweight guy, ponytail. And goatee. he had a lot of opinions on things you shouldn't have such severe opinions. Well, and he loved to sort of like hang around. Um, kids kids and and sort of as we get older we realized how creepy that is. and sort of well i think but i think it was more like a like an ego thing like yeah. he was smarter than all of us yeah. in that room and he knew more about all these things than all of us and much like the comic book guy is always kind of condescending yeah. it was a very condescending atmosphere in general two issue. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and i feel like that was that's the problem with 
um, nerd culture is you get to a point where everyone's trying to out condescend each other all the time. Everyone's one upping everyone. Yeah, else. and it's like it gets a little bit uh, <laughs> ridiculous. But um, what ha- what had happened at Car Castle, if I remember correctly, is it was a it was a baseball card store, and it was yeah. having a hard time surviving, and then. Kevin sort of came in and was like, hey, I got some ideas to help your place out, brought in some of these fantasy games, and slowly the baseball cards kind of moved to the sideboards, and then Magic became the center, and all of a sudden it was like this thriving space. Um, So I'm sure he did a lot for the place, but I have a specific story about Kevin. Oh, I do too. Keep going. Because when I was... (laughs) I remember this still, because I still have the card. So when I was younger... Uh, playing magic I remember there was a kid younger than me and I sort of I think I kind of swindle traded him out of a chaos orb oh, and um, card. I don't know if I had a mox in a chaos orb but I had two very valuable cards I don't remember the other one specifically but I know that one was a chaos orb Black I think Lotus no you know what it was is I had a mox it was it wasn't in great condition and I had a chaos orb that was in good condition and I remember being up there one day and Kevin had these Wyvern magic misprint cards. So yeah, Wyvern, like, I don't want to branch off too much. No, finish your story. We'll do this. <laughs> okay. So we had this Wyvern magic misprint cards in these screw down cases. Yeah. So they look like these just like golden, unachievable things. And I was like, what is that? And he said, well, there was this run yeah. between the cards and they made all these cards that had Wyvern backs but magic and fronts. magic fronts. Yeah. And there's, they're never going to do it again. Because they fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and it was a mistake. There's only X amount in the world. And he was like, I'll give that to you for your Mox and your Chaos Orb. And I was like, oh my God, that's an amazing deal. And to this day, I still check that Wyvern Magic misprint card. See I think how much it, it's worth. I think it might be like $100. Nice. And I think a Mox goes for like two grand at this point or something. <laughs> and I'm like, that guy totally. Yeah. He totally he's, ripped me he's off. He's a tool. Um, Kevin, so I, well, I used to he's go to a those magic man. tournaments. <laughs> So I, I honestly, like, and I'm being honest because what? why the fuck wouldn't I be? Because this is, what, 30 years later, 20 years later? How old was I? Um, he won't hear us. Uh, well, not with him, but I, I would go to those tournaments in the basement. And me and my, like, super nerd friends were, like, ultra nerds because we were, like, the magic but also D&D people. So like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're the next um, level. <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I don't think I stole a card, <laughs> but... I remember being acute and like me and uh, me and Dave had it out at, at that point. So maybe maybe it was planted. I don't know. But <laughs> let's not jump down the conspiracy road. Yeah, that's a pretty I'm 13 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I got I got kicked out of the store because they're like, you stole this card. I was like, I didn't steal a card. And then they opened my box of cards and sure shit, that card was in there. I was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> and I got kicked out. And I was super pissed. And then when I stopped playing Magic, I went in and I wanted to sell my cards. And I sold them all to Kevin. And I had, like, the the two-layer box. Like, I had a shit ton of cards. And he bought them off me for, like, I want to say, like, 175 Which, I mean, when I was, you know... 13, 14, 13. I was, I was like, fuck yeah, 175. I got some cash. Yeah. But when you go online and look that shit up now, you're like, fucking asshole. One card's $200. <laughs> it's crazy how they still retained their value. Because I have, I don't know the if you The playable saw. ones. Yeah. You know what doesn't? 
the misprints. Oh, really? Because no one can play them. Yeah. They don't care about those ones anymore. So the Wyvern Magic Collectors misprint win. I got, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, the though. The misprints, 100 bucks for a card is still In good. 50 years. <laughs> no, don't trust that. I'll tell you why. I don't know if you noticed when, I, when you walked in. I had a pile of baseball cards on my coffee table. I went to my mother's and I brought home this box of fucking baseball cards. And I started sorting them out. And last night we were watching like TV and I'm just going on eBay and different places looking at these cards. Nothing ain't worth shit, man. <laughs> like, unless you have some error where it's like, oh, the back of this one says he's a racist, but they fixed it in the next guy. Like, unless but it's that's not like a that, game. It's not worth it. That's true. But then, but so here's my theory though is that the, the, um, the trade and sale of these rare collector's items yeah. has ruined the market for rare collector's items because when when Superman 1 was made <laughs> everybody thought it was just this kind of trash that you would read and throw away right so it was like you're talking about the comic yeah comic okay. books right so like when they made like the first Superman comic yeah, yeah. book no one thought that any day they would have any value right it would be kind of like you holding on to beer aficionado magazine <laughs> Right, it's like oh, I'm done with it, and you throw it away. Yeah. Now everybody's like, oh, this comic book. Like I bought Spawn one through twelve. Oh, Spawn when was I was so in good. when I was in high school, and I'm like, these are going to be worth something, and they're still sitting in there, and they're worth like twenty dollars yeah. because everybody kept them and they printed so many. Yeah. So it's like the fact that they gained value. It's like uh, Beatles albums. Yeah. That's my mom's always like, oh, I got these Beatles albums. I was like. So does everybody else. That doesn't mean anything. I just stream it for free. I don't need that. <laughs> well, it's just I mean, they printed so many, it's not worth anything. Like yeah. If you want something to be worth something, it's, they can't have a bunch of them out there. You can't flood the market with something and be like, it's going to be worth something. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think the days of like collectible uh, comics and stuff are yeah. sort of done. Yeah. Because everyone saves them. I just found uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I found a Spawn Batman crossover comic that, nice. that i got and i it was in a it was in a box of my brother's things of all things i was like this isn't fucking his this drink this my and uh, and spawn man like that that's a demon spawn is a demon and that isn't even that necessarily <laughs> a good guy he just was like looking for revenge and yeah. consequently it happens to do some good shit now and then like that's yeah. my kind of superhero <laughs> i'm gonna make a deal with the devil occasionally do some good shit i might like help on lady cross street but typically to murder i just yeah. murder people <laughs> i got a specific person i want to murder there you go so, yeah. yeah so you i gotta do all this other stuff i guess you gotta deal year. with a obese clown sometimes yeah. <laughs> no big deal i mean that's a good that's a good premise um i have a surprise okay and i wanted to save this this was uh this is one thing that did come in the mail so for the first time that i, I don't know about you this is the first time i've done this and like almost 20 years mm -hmm. I'm going to get my dick out that's not true no, but in like 20 years I do that every day I have two unopened packs of Fallen Empires oh yeah <laughs> listen to that plastic folks oh it's crisp so that's that old plastic not the shit that's good for the environment <laughs> this these is have, straight uh, up this have, is landfill for life plastic yeah this has uh, been encased in this for what I think 23 years it ago. says a Richard Garfield game on the bottom yeah because Richard Garfield made it it still says Wizards Coast on the left. Oh, it does. But yeah, this is uh, 94. So this was, uh, these were printed 23 years ago. So let's open them up. Yeah, let's, let's open them up. Booster packs. And this was, the expansions always came with eight cards, which I thought was super fucking chintzy because I wanted, I want like uh, the 15. Oh, I have a method. You struggling? No. <laughs> I mean, audibly, yes, but obviously in real life. and then 
Oh, the line's like... Oh, don't, you're, right, I got oh, it. you're peeling. I got it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, shit. I remember half of these. <laughs> hominid warrior. That's, that's, oh, no, I just got a hominid. I didn't get the warrior. Order of Leaper. I remember all these. Oh, Thalid. Thalid. I got a Thalid, too. Do you remember? Every, everybody got a fucking Do you remember Thalid decks? Yeah. Those are those, that, you know, you just get all those creatures out. By turn 20, you have yeah. 20 creatures. I would always make a, a fire zombie deck. Okay. Or a burn zombie deck. Just filled with fireballs and lightning bolts and zombies. Basil Thrall. Ooh, I got a, I got a land. Ruins of Trocare. Comes into play tapped. Tap to add a... I don't even know what color that is. Oh, white. Tap to add white to your mana. Sacrifice for two white in your mana pool. You know, I, this is what I like about the black decks. Is like, and this is why a lot of people had problems with magic. Is that like, they're evil looking. <laughs> like, look at this basil thrall. It's like a basil twisted. Basil a great fucking card. Sacrifice it, add stuff to your mana. You're just like, I don't care about your life. I yeah. need your life's energy yeah. and you put its soul into your mana pool so you can cast more things so i'm glad you i'm glad you brought up how evil the artwork is because uh a the like the artwork on these cards is i think grossly underappreciated like, yeah they're because in reality they're these epic like three foot by four foot paintings that they put on these cards um when i lived in la the girlfriend i had at the time she worked at Whole Foods and one of the artists from the cards shopped at that Whole Foods and would come in and like we ended up getting furniture and shit from him. <laughs> like, uh, there's a guy at the Renaissance Festival every year in Michigan. Yeah. And he's an artist. He was an artist for Magic the Gathering and he'll sell prints of his artwork sometimes with a signed card in it. That's cool. And I bought um, I bought this one that was like a meditation. It was like a like a yeah, the, it's a white card, robot right? robot woman face. And yeah, yeah, third eye. It's called third eye, I think. And it came with the card, and he signed it, and then he signed the the print. Yeah, yeah, it's really That's cool. Sweet. Yeah, he's up there, and they're not expensive if you're a Magic the Gathering fan. Yeah, I, so I'm. Uh, this came. <laughs> this is sidetrack, but uh, I mentioned the baseball cards I had earlier. There was a series of other cards mixed in with there or with those I was hoping the whole point I brought them over here was because for this podcast I was like oh I probably have some magic cards mixed in there uh, like you know just whatever some commons or something and I had all these other ones mixed in so here's one magic card this is from I think 4th edition oh yeah and it's in like shitty condition there's like a whole summon mummy but then I got these so I have uh, this is when they started doing the grave like uh, bringing stuff back from the grave from the graveyard because it says if mummy is put in the graveyard from play remove it from the game yeah so you couldn't put this in a deck yeah, where you, you can could play uh, resurrect and bring yeah. anything back from the graveyard so magic still happening crazy to me um like you said you really yeah you find girls and you're like oh never mind <laughs> i can't play this what well, i don't want to detract from magic i mean that's a funny <laughs> joke to make but i do think that like um i started playing it again like a couple years ago yeah and I went through, there's a catalog online of every magic card ever, and you can search it. So I, I looked up um, like indestructible, okay. and I found every card that was in some way indestructible, and I built an entire white deck of all indestructible creatures. Oh. And then I put um, Stuffy Doll in it, 
What does that do? So Stuffy Doll, anytime Stuffy Doll is dealt damage. What is that from? What expansion is that from? Stuffy Doll's newer. Yeah, I was going to say. That doesn't it's not that old, <laughs> but it's a super, just wait till you hear it. It's horrible. So it's a zero one creature. Okay. You can tap it. It does one damage to itself. Anytime, Which kills itself. No. Anytime Stuffy Doll is dealt damage, that damage is dealt to the player of your choice. Oh. And you choose the player when you put it out. So you and I are playing. Yeah. I have a wall of indestructible creatures. Okay. I have Pariah. Okay. Uh, Pariah goes on a creature. Anytime that creature is dealt damage, deal it to... Wait. Anytime you're dealt damage deal it to this creature instead okay so early on i'll get pry on an indestructible creature so anytime you deal me damage you can't kill me because it just goes to this creature then i put so out you, stuffy you doll just, you just pump up that creature so it can't get hurt it's indestructible what makes it indestructible <laughs> so like uh well there's so i have different kinds there's some creatures that don't take damage okay there's other creatures that are indestructible so you can't destroy them and the only way to kill them is to put like a minus one minus one counter on them to bring their actual count down but they don't take damage either that's weird so i'll put so i'll put pariah (laughs) on one of those and then i'll finally get stuffy doll out and i'll put pariah on stuffy doll so anytime i'm dealt damage you're dealt the damage instead and anytime stuffy doll is dealt damage you're dealt the damage instead and every turn i can deal one damage directly to you by tapping stuffy doll it's a direct kill card (laughs) it was it's the it was so annoying and my friend legal it's not legal in most like it wouldn't be legal in most tournament play it's only legal for like the all magic card tournament plays where you can use just anything because they've over the years they've made stuff that essentially makes the game unwinnable to the other person if you build the deck right i find it frustrating like if i were to ever pick this up again uh all the cards that i know majority of them like aren't allowed anymore (laughs) well yeah no that's true and then also the styles of play have changed so much like when i got back into it there's much more like discard decks now yeah just to get rid of all your cards and to me that's not really fun just like throwing cards away like there's so many decks there's control decks where they just don't let you do anything well there was a what was it demonic tutor is that the one where you can look at their hand graveyard back in your Oh, Demonic Tutor, you look at your deck, pick a card out, and okay. shuffle it. That's what's, not that what's bad. The one, what's Library of Lang, maybe? Where you, no, that's where you find a card in your deck. There's some where you can go through other person's. But there's there's one where you shuffle the graveyard back into your own deck. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it's called. I don't know what that is. But So what happened to me is I got back on, let's say, it's probably five years ago. I got back on the online magic. So yeah, I, I remember this being a thing. Yeah, it's, it's still it's still a thing. It's pretty cool actually because it's, you can get whatever you want, right? It's Card a free wise? it's a free game. Okay, like you don't have to pay for the game. You have to buy your digital cards, but digital cards are way cheaper than real life cards. I would imagine because <laughs> they're so. just like computer file <laughs> images. <laughs> and it's weird because they won't sell you the cards you have to buy through card dealers and you buy so you using game tickets <laughs> no you buy using game tickets but couldn't it's, you essentially pirate <laughs> i don't know if you're a programmer you could probably do it just build your own right deck. in guys let us know <laughs> pirate the shit out of this. but so i could build my my dream deck of whatever i want and then you go into these um open plays and you can play with somebody from anywhere in the world and their decks are always different but what i had found is they've come so far there's like planeswalkers which is a whole nother type of character so when i was researching magic that kept coming up and it's it's apparently this 
phenomena <laughs> yeah. that's taken over the game. Yeah, um, and most then they people have identified them. stuff as far back as Alpha as a planeswalker. Really? And I didn't. I still don't know what it means, but a planeswalker is almost like a creature that um, it's it can do direct damage to the other player in various abilities. Uh, and you can, when I attack you, I can either attack you or your planeswalker. It's almost like a, a level below the opponent. It's hmm. almost like a level above the creatures, a level below the opponent, is how I would describe a planeswalker. Interesting. So, but they're annoying as fuck. Um, you mentioned this earlier, and now I want to I'm gonna branch off. This brought this like brought up a bunch of other card games that they tried to make. Um, like they made the vampires. S- Oh my god, I forgot about that one, yeah. That was actually one of the only other ones I played. So I played Star Wars and Star Trek. Okay. They made the the card game with those. And then I, I bought and rarely played, uh, was it Wyvern? Is that yeah, Wyvern. Wyvern and Illuminati. Did you do Illuminati? I tried Illuminati. It was almost confusing. I found it confusing. So I looked up Illuminati because I was like, oh, I got to find out. I got to remember some stuff for this episode. You got to be careful Googling Illuminati. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I did Illuminati card games. So I, was, I felt safe. But I did find two cards that are like part of this huge conspiracy, uh, which is obviously ironic because Illuminati is a card game making fun of people that are like conspiracy theorists. But uh, Illuminati came out in 95. One card is called Terrorist Nuke and it's a picture of essentially the Twin Towers and one of them is blowing up in the middle. And Shut you, up. you can put it side by side with a 9-11 picture and it's, it's, it's eerie. And I mean, obviously a coincidence. They say they made the card based on the 93 World Trade Center bombing. Yeah. Uh, which happened in the garage, so I mean, I guess. But really weird. So there's a whole thing with that. And then in that same uh, game, there's also a Pentagon card where it's the Pentagon and a bunch of smoke. Pentagram. Coming. No, Pentagon. Oh, Pentagon. Like the government Pentagon. Oh, yeah. So and I was a bunch thinking of smoke vampires. coming out of it. So oh, shit. those two, like, people are like, see inside job like okay you calm the fuck down <laughs> it's really but, all, all about the nerd card game industry trying to get a leg up it's nuts though like i saw both those cards and i was like all right well that's a little crazy it's it's pretty wild but it's also like um like people look at nostradamus right and they take things that nostradamus said and they apply it to today yeah if you take paragraphs of text from hundreds and hundreds of years ago and then go throughout hundreds and hundreds of years of history yeah. it's pretty likely something that up. something's <laughs> going to match up at some point yeah. so it's uh, I think it's sort of weird but it's also like those are two very prominent buildings in the United States that's why they were targeted yeah. I mean it's a uh, it's weird and it's fun to be weirded out by that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm not like so. Hold on, we gotta stop this. Don't spend too much of your. They're life. listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't spend too much of your life on it. Yeah, it, uh, I found that to it's be like very ghost crazy. stories, right? But there's a sense. There's literally websites that are like devoted to like you see like this about the card game. Well, they use that as People their have a lot of time. They have a lot of time. <laughs> But they use that as their uh, as their like backbone to their conspiracy theory of like, see, we've known, they knew it was going to happen while they're collecting government assistance. <laughs> Full circle, folks. Full circle.
my favorite was black white because of the duality of yeah. it because it's like evil and good yeah white's always like used a together deck and then but they can work well because a lot of the creatures and things like they'll do damage to you like a lot of the stuff in black decks is like self-sacrifice yeah to like i'm gonna hurt myself just to hurt you but then if i have protection stuff I'm going to also heal myself at the same time. So we can agree green is pretty stupid sometimes. Yeah, green. <laughs> I've never liked green. Yeah. What do you it's cuz it's it's it is very it's like the hippie earth tone yeah, version. No. Of the game. Yeah, I want good and evil, yeah. fire, and then the blue decks were always my least favorite to play against. Cuz those were the ones Blue decks were always like small creature decks. They control you. Yeah. Blue, oh, de- oh, blue deck oh, is a control God, yeah. deck. Blue, yeah. Blues enchantments. It's like all yeah. enchantments. Yeah, blue deck's like. I forgot about that. I'm gonna. You're. you're I'm gonna play this creature. I'm like, no, you're not. Did you no, ever try not. to ever no, try to not. make an artifact deck? I did. Damn near impossible. Yeah, that wins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Damn near impossible. Yeah, black and white were my favorite. Good and evil. But uh, you know, I was also that heavy metal kid, so I liked that like that imagery like right here there's that nightmare that horse nightmare is a great card oh my oh so um lord of the pit do you remember lord of the pit oh there was the big like demon yeah big demon coming out of the pit and like every turn you had to sacrifice a creature to lord of the pit or else it did damage to Uh, you yeah what a fucking mean card (laughs) it's like a mon like i'm gonna summon this monster but if i don't feed it souls it's gonna bite me but I love. I always play a bunch of like drudge skeletons first. <laughs> yeah, or there was a there was um, the play pit one? thralls. Yeah, yeah, one one little one one creatures yeah, yeah, that yeah. you could just churn out, right? So that was the thing. You had to keep enough thralls. But if somebody else could do a bunch of fireballs to a bunch of creatures, now you're taking damage, right? But so when I went to open fire hall, we had a from the pit section. <laughs> so it was uh, it was this big wood-fired grill. Okay. And so we called everything in that area from the pit. And I was like, I want to have a sampler platter about the pit section. I don't want to name it Lord of the Pit. So it had, like, all the different meats that nice. came off the grill. And I was super excited about this. And, you know, the owners are like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. <laughs> and I was like, you understand. This is really awesome. And it turns out there's a huge um, Magic the Gathering community in Fenton. Oh, what? Yeah, so these guys that would play these tournaments all the time, they noticed that we had Lord of the Pit on the menu. And uh, I sent um, one of my guys in, uh, one of my one of my friends who is a server at another place um but like we always were really into magic the gathering i was like can you go up there and see if they have any like cool lord of the pit stuff and he bought um he went in to buy it and they they donated to us a uh one of those foil uh lord of the pit yeah like the foil cards yeah like and uh they just gave it to us because they were like we really think it's cool that you did that (laughs) and they come in after like tournaments and stuff and eat that's awesome yeah so i do like to take the the nerdy references from my youth and put them into menus if nothing else than for my own podcast
I recently had to explain tentacle porn to somebody. That's an awkward conversation. No, I, I, I know of a more awkward conversation. Uh, my friend, well, my wife and her friends were playing Cards Against Humanity. This happened to me too. With, uh, with their, the friend's mom. And they had to, I think it was something simple, thankful. No, they've actually, no. It was, they had to explain Bukaki. Shut up. That's what happened to me. And they had to explain queefing. <laughs> And that is a conversation I don't want to have with my mother. <laughs> I was at a table full of peers our age. Yeah. Playing Cards Against Humanity. And I was the only one who knew what Bukaki was. And <laughs> I was you like, can't say anything. And I was like, how do you guys not know? I, I did, like, right off the bat. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And they're all like, what is that? And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know what that is? <laughs> That's and when I, you go, oh, I thought you said pancakes. Pancakes are hilarious. <laughs> So at first I was shocked that they didn't know what it was. Then I just kind then of... Then you were embarrassed that you did. Then I explained. And then they all looked at me like I was the bad one because I knew. So I knew what Bukaki know. was when I was 15. All right. You got me beat there. <laughs> I worked in kitchens. Ah. Yeah. That'll do it, I guess. It's all Bukaki talk. <laughs> all Bukaki talk. All Bukaki talk all the time. <laughs> 1071 Bukaki Radio. <laughs> I would never listen to that station. <laughs> I would. I give it a ten minute try. The whole ten minutes. Yeah, I give it ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'd I probably wouldn't go back. I mean, how long can you really talk about that for? Um, yeah, really going off the rails today, folks. <laughs> You're enjoying yourselves. attention we talked about uh, a few different beers and how to pair them with the food you're eating because eating food while you're drinking is always a good idea and guys pretzels aren't food let's be let's be honest with each other and unless they're soft pretzels with cheese dip uh, beer cheese yeah mm. and then you can bridge the beer into the cheese you see when you make the dip it's called and full circle folks. see what i'm saying <laughs> we, just, we just made it happen uh and then uh and Thanksgiving dinner coming up in a couple of weeks. I feel like Thanksgiving's early. We had a whole week after Thanksgiving of November. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I feel like it's weird. No, everybody thinks it's Christmas then anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I burped. Um, and then uh, a long, in-depth conversation about Magic the Gathering. Do you still play? Do you remember playing? What, what was your favorite card? What kind of deck did you make? I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, let's get a conversation going. Since the last episode, we have all sorts of things going on on social media at uh, Beers and 90s. You can do Facebook.com slash Beers and 90s. Instagram is Beers and 90s. Twitter is Beers and 90s. Uh, anywhere. Or you can go to JustinLamMusic.com slash podcast and comment on any of the blog posts there that we post every week for the episode. But let, let me know or email me at uh, Justin at JustinLamMusic.com. I'd love to know your experiences there. And then next week, we're going to talk about some uh, early 90s grunge stuff. So, you know, if you have any 
stories about how you committed suicide when you were in a band in the early 90s, let me know that because that'll be relevant. I don't know if they'd have the stories. <laughs> oh, right. My bad. It'd be hard to tell <laughs> unless we channel ghosts. You get Whoopi Goldberg. Do you not do that? That's, I mean, you get Whoopi Goldberg in here and oh, nice. a little you know, spinning wheel. Is that the reference. 90s? I, I feel like Ghost was probably the 90s. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> what? That's my Ghost reference. That's nice. You don't remember that? I don't, but I... I think she kept, she kept uh, trying to figure out if it was really her husband. Say something only he knows, I would say. And that was, she oh. would say, I love you. And he would say, ditto. ditto. So it was like him saying, I love you. It's because he was emotionally detached. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's actually really <laughs> sad. It's like, it's a real fuck. That was this his. is what I want to say to you from the other world. I still don't want to commit. Till death do us part was definitely real because I'm not here anymore. Yeah, but I still can't say yeah, it. It's those three words. Because what if are... after death, right? Your your death till you part. What about after death? If you hook up with someone in the spirit world, that's like forever. I mean, I don't want to jump back on the porn train, but what do you think spiritual world sex is like? <laughs> probably. I mean, it's got to be out of this world. Oh, oh I'm here all day, folks. Immaculate erection. <laughs> all right, we've gone off the rails, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, and you know if you missed in the beginning i don't know how you would miss it because you have to download the whole episode maybe you skipped ahead and you're like i don't want to listen to this crap but anyway uh, if you want to know about beer pairings and some of the great fall selections you can find out there and what you should be eating with them because eating keeps you somewhat sober it's been proven check your science folks and then we talked about magic the gathering the the chick magnet game that it is and what it's turned into today i still can't believe it's still happening like it's still actively happening i actually i didn't mention this earlier i watched a documentary on netflix uh a couple days ago about magic the gathering tournaments and the documentary is like a year old (laughs) it's like these four or five people are like oh yeah once you get in with the magic elite like you're in i want to be like no dude you're not (laughs) there's so much more however good as as fun as it is to bash the nerdy card games i do want to state that uh, I do think it should be considered as valid as chess. So that was there. <laughs> no, I, I do. Uh, I, it's, it is. It's. There's a lot of strategy involved, and I think people don't understand it to a certain degree. But it's phenomenal. It was a good time. Um, I still have cards coming in the mail because this is the problem. This is my financial problem with this podcast. When I get an idea for an episode. I spend too much money on eBay. <laughs> it's like, it's happened too many times already. Uh, we're in episode seven. Write too. it off. <laughs> right. Tax guys. No big deal. Yeah. On that note, if anyone wants to sponsor, <laughs> we're here. Uh, I want to thank Aaron for coming in and, uh, giving us his expert advice. Man knows how to cook. Uh, I was going to say a steak, but that doesn't make sense. He knows how to cook food in general and knows what goes together. So, uh, and knows how to play a damn good game of magic. So thanks Those for coming my, in here. Yeah, that's my two big things. <laughs> Cooking and magic cards. That's, that's what it says on my match.com profile. It's pretty great. I just actually... Uh, okay, can we... What if you did a match.com profile where your profile picture was just a magic card and then you photoshopped yourself into the... Oh my God. Wait. <laughs> I have one last thing. Yes. All right, so... Um, one, so one of the guys that that works uh, with me, uh, he's always been really into Magic the Gathering. And um, he took uh, our entire restaurant crew and made an, a Magic the Gathering deck where, where the creatures and the characters and the abilities were all intertwined oh, with the like staff. Photoshop? 
Yeah, he photoshopped it, but he actually like made uh, the cards all really work well together as a deck. And then he made another restaurant deck, and they play perfectly together. Wait. So you get to play with all these people that you know, and it's hilarious the whole time. Off the record. Yeah. What two restaurants did he make decks for? The Woodshop and the Union. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and the two, I want to know who those. I want to see those cards. I know too dude, many. Dude, it's so people. It, no, it's so good. I have to bring it to you. That's amazing. Yeah, I think I have it. I think I took it. As you should. <laughs> I think I found it in a desk, and I was like, "No, nah, it's coming." This is mine now. Yeah. I'm gonna try this out at a tournament. It's so it good. They play perfectly together. It's a black deck and a white deck. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, off the record again. Which one is the black and which one is the white? Uh. Do you remember? Black is uh, woodshop. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense that the one in a church would be the white <laughs> Yeah. No, that's true. I'm sure he would have thought of that. Everything is amazing. Uh, thank you guys for coming by. I'm going to end this with a song by Aaron's old high school band, Bramley, because you guys, they're still relevant, and it's a great CD. I think te- technically it's a classic. I'll tell you what, and you, I don't know if you'll be into this. I'm not going to do it for you, but... Uh, I, I was in a band in high school called Dun Mama Proud, and you can get one or both of our albums on iTunes today. Oh, man. I would definitely do that. It's that easy, folks, and it's only like 50 bucks a year to leave them up there permanently. <laughs> I'm doing it. Throw your money away, just like I do. Thanks for listening. Aaron, thanks for coming. Thanks. This has been a good time, and this is Bramley. <laughs>
Like I've lost my closest friend